Uh, I made it. You're here. Yay. <laughs> um, Hot damn. Now we're just waiting for, oh, we've got a Ray. So we've got Ray, we've got Bree, and we've got a Yeah, we here. did it. <laughs> oh, boy. That damn. <laughs> all right, Athena, it's all you. Uh-oh. Now oh, what? No. Hello? Hello? Yay! Yay! Were you waiting for me? I couldn't hear anyone. Oh, Technical weird. difficulty. <laughs> we're having a time. <laughs> but we're all here now, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Hooray. Yay. Oh, technology. The huh? solution to and cause of all of life's problems. Thank <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh. Okay, so should we get started? Is everybody... We're all here. We're all here. We're all good to go. Excellent. So hello, everyone. Uh, This is the Work in Progress podcast. We are for creative friends talking about creative things. Um, I am Athena Wright, and I'm going to be hosting this episode, which is about my favorite topic, smut. So let's go, yay, so let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. So, Brie, you want to start? Why am I starting again? Okay, hi, I'm Brie McKenna. <laughs> uh, I write some stuff, uh, queer stuff, about queer stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, I write, so I write, good. New- <laughs> I write uh, currently new adult aged contemporary romance and young adult sci-fi and you know there's just a lot of stuff sitting around in my slosh pile so I'm sure other things will happen too. Woo! Ray? Oh, are you good? Okay. <laughs> hey uh, my name is Ray Noble and I am an aspiring author writing queer urban and paranormal fantasy as well as being a doodle artist um, my animals like to make cameos, so likely you'll hear them. Although right now everyone's sleeping very peacefully, so hopefully this works out for the entire episode. Um, also, I have really bad allergies, so sorry if you catch me coughing. That is me. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Maggie Derrick. I am a web-based writer of primarily queer fantasy, and I'm also a digital artist. Um, what else can I say? I live in Vancouver. And then guess what? It's raining. Boo. It's not raining here yet, but I want it to. Oh, wait. Well, no, you, it's drizzling. You can have it. I always want it. Just always give it to me. Just you push it down it. to me. Oh, I love how you said give it to me in a smut episode. I'm getting the ball rolling. I am oh, wait, before we, get, before we get started, I need to introduce myself. Um, oh, yeah. I am, yeah. I am Athena Wright. I am a hybrid self-published author. I write contemporary new adult romance about rock star musicians. Ooh, oh, and we swear. Before and I we swear oh, a lot, yes. But none of us swear for you. Content Did we? we disclaimer. Made it? Did we make it? I think we made I it, yes. We made it. I'm swearing before our disclaimer. Yay, we finally did it. <laughs> Fucking finally. That was some aggressive clapping. Who was that? That was me. I was really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Whew. <clears throat> Off to a good start. Good job, guys. Good job, me. <laughs> uh, okay, Tina, okay. take it away. Well, okay, so smut. Yes. Um, 
I love to write it. Sometimes I hate to write it. Um, but first, I want to kind of throw it out there. Why do you think smut is important? Or why do you think perhaps it might not be important in some situations, um, in some books or for some plot lines? And, you know, why are we so... Why do we have these strong feelings about it either way? Because some people love sex scenes in books and some people absolutely despise them. So I kind of want to throw it out there. Can we, before we even get that far, can we take can we a second it? to define smut versus something like erotica? Like, can we make that distinction for the listener who might not be uh, indoctrinated? <laughs> so for me, I just use smut as a kind of catch-all word that means, you know, sex in sort of sex in fiction or sex in media because mm -hmm. it's one thing to say you know <coughs> sex but that makes you think explicitly you know two naked people going at it where smut can be all of the sexual tension all of like the feelings all of the ooh, we're almost there but ooh, not like quite that. you know the unresolved sexual tension it doesn't have to be you know body parts slamming together it can be all the little sensual things around that <laughs> The mashing of of bits. <laughs> I want to know why she's laughing so hard. Sorry. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> nope, that's good. Um, versus erotica, which is just like just sex. Well, interestingly, interestingly enough, there are actually there are very um, important distinction distinctions, especially among the self pub um, author industry. So you have. Um, romance, then you have erotic romance. And romance may or may not have sex or smut. Um, usually it does. Um, then you have erotic romance, where sex is important to the plot. The part of the plot has to do with the character, um, the characters having sex. And if you, if you didn't have the sex in erotic romance, the plot usually wouldn't make sense. Um, and for erotica, that's usually kind of like pure, like purely like a short story with sex. However, tra traditionally, in traditional like trad pub, erotica is just like a sexual awakening coming of age type story. So the kind of smut that you see on Amazon labeled erotica, that's kind of like, you know, I take 16 inches, you know, like those kind of stories. Oh, those, are just, those are just like wank stories. Oh you know? my God, I'm too gay for this conversation already. I, yeah, I think there's like the wank <laughs> stories. And then you have like erotica, which is like, you know, a story that involves sex. And then erotic romance, which is a romance that has lots of sex. Then you just have pure romance, which may or may not have sex. So there's lots of important distinctions, especially when it comes to what trad pub considers erotica and what indie self-pub considers erotica. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we have our own romance author here to make all these, like, definitions and explanations because I knew, like, the difference between, like, romance and erotic romance, and that's, like, it. <laughs> I didn't realize that yeah. there were so many more breakdowns for yeah. it. There are very important discussions that happen behind the scenes between all of us authors, and we're just like, ah, how do we... Like, oh, yes, these are important discussions. And I'm sure I'm sure there are authors out there who will disagree with my definitions and who will say, no, no, absolutely not. You are totally wrong. Here's what it is. So I want to yeah. know everybody's definitions. So you have definitions. Tweet them to us. Um, but it, yeah, I would say that's pretty industry standard, at least from what I've seen. And it is important to know if you're writing what your what 
category your smut falls into because um, publishers want to see that you know what you're talking about and how your industry works. So mm. it is important to know where does my smut fall on the spectrum of smuttiness. <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting episode because there's so much more about this than I'd like realized there was and I feel like I'm gonna have exactly I feel like I'm gonna have a lot of a lot more questions than I usually do because I'm already very interested in this yeah yeah I had that problem when I started trying to pitch my uh well I guess it was more when I started to query my uh book my novel because I was like I don't know what this I don't even know what this means um oops (laughs) uh so now there you go. Athena laid it out for you, and you can know. Go off that when you're marketing your book. I love it. So, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the question that the question that Maggie asked was, "What is smut? How do we define it?" No, no. But what was the original question before I? The original <laughs> question was, "Why is smut important, or why perhaps is smut not important?" Um, some people have feelings that they feel like. Um, especially in romance, it must have sex scenes. And some people believe that there is no place for sex scenes in certain genres. Um, And yes, I wanted to talk about why we feel it's... Personally, I feel like sex scenes and smut are important when it comes to romance novels because it's part of the plot. It's part of the characterization. It's part of how the story progresses. And you can have romance without sex, but I feel like if you do have sex in romance, it's important as part of the story. I agree, and I like that. I think um, I think it re- it really comes down to like the story you're telling and the purpose it plays for the characters. And I say this. Um, Sorry, I got distracted by something. Um, I'm back. I don't think, I, I know that when I'm reading a book, if I'm reading something um, and it's just like, not even necessarily romance. Like I'm actually going to take romance out of the equation and say like, if I'm reading a book and then characters are just banging all the time for the sake of banging and it's not, um, it's not, not important to the plot. I'm kind of like, oh, okay. And it's not erotica. It's like, if I, if I wanted that, I would, I, I know where to look for it. Um, and I'm, and I've, I'm going to get friggin' shot for this, but I find that I've, I've seen this happen in a lot of books uh, written by men, um, <laughs> where it's just suddenly characters are fucking all the time, just, and it has no point to the plot. It's just kind of like, and then, then they had sex again. Um, and I find that, that and it, uh, like, I love sex. I'm fine with it. What I find, but what bothers me is like, I'm here to read a story and this is really distracting me from the, the actual storyline, the plot um, versus stories where when a character is having sex or any kind of sexual experience, there's a reason for it. And I mean, I'm going to use like Athena, like your own books, there's lots of sex in them, but even when it seems like it's just sort of like quick and comes out of nowhere, there is still always a point because it's exploring the relationship between the two characters. It's not just like, oh, and then I just decided that we were going to bang. Like there's, you, you do a really good job of like giving it its place and its purpose in the plot. Well, thank you because I struggle with that sometimes. I'm like, just because the two characters are alone in a room together and this is the perfect point with which they could just get it on. 
I'm like, but would it make sense for the plot right now? And you know, that's, that's it's a difficult thing. Um, and I'm actually going to make a confession. I used to just skip the sex scenes in books. When you were reading them or when you were yes, writing? Yes, when I, when I was, re- well, a little bit of both, but mostly when I was growing up, when I was reading books, I would skip over the sex scenes. And a lot of the time, I feel like that comes down to the author not making the sex scene part of the plot. If you can mm-hmm. skip over the sex and not miss anything, why was it there? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's down to, that. yeah, that's down to the author just kind of failing in that regard. And once I started reading a lot more romance, I stopped skipping the sex scenes because things are happening while they're doing it. Like mm-hmm. important, important pieces of dialogue are being said and important feelings and emotions are being conveyed through like the internal monologue. And if you skip that, you just miss part of the story. Oh, I love that so much because I feel like so many people just like, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess I, ultimately I don't read a lot of smut that much anymore. I used to, but not as much. Uh, mostly just because I like had the discovery that oh my god like you know straight sex doesn't do anything for me and I'm not getting anywhere with it and it's the same thing over and over and over um you know says the lesbian Uh, (laughs) um but like I feel like so many stories do just utilize sex for the like for the added points of being put in that specific genre if that makes sense like people just want to be in romance or people just want to be in erotica because it can make them money and um it doesn't really always benefit the actual story it doesn't feel like it really makes sense a lot of the time um not to say that just in the books that I used to read not that I read anymore um but like I really like the point about you saying that you like now don't skip over it because that says so much about the writing the fact that you're able to make an intimate scene like that really, really drive forth the plot because it should. I mean, I'm reading better stories now. Exactly. I'm reading stories that do smut better than I was when I was younger. I don't know whether I was just reading the wrong kind of books or whether people have just gotten better at it as society has decided, Hey, sex is totally fine. We don't have to cover it up. And no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that, that's probably where my issue was as I was consistently reading the same sort of story over and over and over again. And the story just wasn't ultimately a good, like it just wasn't warranting the sex that was in it. So I wasn't satisfied with anything in it. So I, I would like eventually to get some recommendations from you because that would be something I'd be interested in. Anyway, that was just my little aside. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, any other thoughts about smut and importantness? I or mean, maybe not importantness? I think, like, my question, and I've been, like, laboring over this for ages, because if, <laughs> for people who are familiar with um, The Star in the Ocean, there's the two versions of it. There's the clean version, and then there's the not-so-clean version. Um, and there's only one, like, really... There's, there's, like, two scenes that aren't in the edited version, which you can find on Wattpad, and of those two scenes, only one of them is like particularly gratuitous, and I and guess... it's not gratuitous at all compared to some of the stuff I've read. Yeah. Well, no, for sure. Like, but within but the he... context of the story, exactly, it gets pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's like pretty smart. You can't you can't compare it to things that like anything else. Like, you need to compare it to like what's happening within that uh, in that story. And and I I get asked 
I feel like this is the question I get asked more than anything else is like, if you ever publish it, are you going to, and I don't know why, but it, everyone seems to ask and I'm like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Um, is everyone's like, will you keep the scene in if you publish it or you self publish it? And I'm torn because I mean, if you read the edited version, it's, it's fade to black style and you don't technically miss anything, but I, I feel like you're right. You don't miss anything, but I feel like you don't get the full experience mm -hmm. of it because it's not so much that I want to read these characters having sex because it titillates me. It's the fact that these characters are sexual beings mm -hmm. and it is okay for them to explore that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not, and I, I certainly didn't write it as like to be kind of like pornographic. It's graphic, but it's not like meant to be uh, salacious or anything like that. It's there for the, like, there, there are definitely some points that I, I kind of regretted that the Wattpad reader would miss about like May's reflection on how she was experiencing this versus things that had happened to her before. Well, and I thought were important to her growth, et cetera. Yeah. But I was like, just is it in too much? Vein. Like, I, I feel like just the way that you're explaining it, because as we know, I'm the worst friend and haven't finished it because reading on Wattpad is really difficult for me. <laughs> um, you know, you can read it on my website, too. I mean, I only recently discovered that, like, as a, as a like, <laughs> episode, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Either way, um, I, don't, I feel like the way that you're describing it, and the way that I've seen you do it, because I have read your smut before, because guess what, I, you know, have your newsletter. Um, <laughs> um, I don't I feel like there's growth to it. I feel like the way that you're describing it, you're blatantly showing that, like, May, like, May is, you not using it, but utilizing this moment in the narrative to discuss her own sexuality and like to discuss her growth. And that's character development. And I want to read that shit like plain mm -hmm. and simple. That's why I read books and like love stories is the character development. And if the sex scene is developmental in any way, shape or form, whether it's for the relationship, for a singular character, for nuance, whatever, I want to be able to read that because that's showing, that's showing so much like, growth and like moving forth of the characters and thus the plot so mm -hmm. yeah I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's important yeah and having read it um and being Maggie's biggest fan um, <laughs> know. like we've had this conversation like multiple times because it just is important I think but um yeah I think <laughs> it's a lot less powerful. Like the, the edited version is, it still gets the job done, but I think the full version is a lot more powerful in describing what's happening in that moment for the characters. Um, so yeah, it's important. And like coming from the side of like, I wrote this book where maybe I put in too many gratuitous sex scenes. Cause I was just kind of like, I want them to have sex here in this place. Um, Sometimes that's all you need. That fluffy shit. Sometimes that's it all was, the reason was, you need. Yeah, I was like, oh, they should, you know, have sex here, that's and all this thing is happening because I think I'm funny and it, it, it amuses me. So here's the thing that I noticed about about off pitch though, is yes, they have sex a lot, and sometimes it's just like 
it is just the like we're just gonna throw down because we we're horny and we can but <laughs> i felt like it served two purposes and this is where like whenever if ever i hear someone saying that like there's a lot of sex in this book is someone okay what just happened <laughs> <laughs> oh i did just open my blinds that could have been it oh, oh okay. yeah it was it sound- the worst sort of scream it sounded, I didn't even notice it anymore. I'm sorry. It sounded like you were being like pulled into some kind of like wood chipper or something. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, alternatively, I could have just been sucked into like a black hole or something. I'm just like glad that, you're but... okay. No, I, just... I am okay. I just needed more natural light in my room. That's it. Okay. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, nope, that's okay. What was I saying? Off pitch. Right. So, two things. One, it is for for people who have sex. When you get into a new relation, a new sexual relationship, it's, I think a lot of people would agree there's a there's a lot of sex that happens. Yeah, you have a honeymoon phase. Exactly. Like when you first get with a person and you were a sexual uh, person, and so are they. You bang a lot, and I mean, considering that this is their first, like, do we even get? I can't remember now off the top of my head. Do we? We don't even get a full year with these characters, so. Like, we're getting their honeymoon phase. Of course they're banging a lot. To me, it felt really real. But the other thing was the entire book, and and I think Athena can relate to this a lot too, there's a lot of wish fulfillment in that book. And it's it's meant to be enjoyed for all the, like, kind of like, I'm trying to find the right word, but but just the way that it's, it give, it's there to be enjoyed. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like, you were going into it trying to write a, like the next American classic or anything like that. You were writing a fluffy romance and sex was an important part of these characters relationship. And they were in the honeymoon phase. It made sense. I yeah. I was like, yeah, like I've been in relationships like that. <laughs> I've banged in some weird places. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was relatable is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other reason it's important for me is like I'm a very I'm kind of on my own like sex crusade um like I just want to be a sex positive person in my writing and um just encouraging people to talk about sex and life and stuff because uh, that's my feeling about sex anyways um yeah so for me it's really important especially in like women loving women fiction it's really important for me to have those characters having real sex (laughs) (laughs) not having you know sex written by a man for you know pornographic reasons because that's gross um Mm -hmm. and just I don't know I just want I just want people to understand how women have sex I guess because I think it's important sex ed is important to me and that's Yes. That's well, people deserve to see their themselves on the page, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not all um, like some people want to read. And I know that in the romance genre, like that bad boy thing, uh, yes, is super it's a big popular. It's so popular. It's so popular on Wattpad too, which always kind of weirds me out. It's a lot of like teenagers writing about. I don't know. I'm like, oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's either here or there. Here or oh, there. Buddy. I have to like sometimes remember that I'm 
I'm super old by Wattpad standards, and I'm kind of like, I need to walk away for a minute. But, (laughs) but like the bad boy thing is really popular. But if that's all you ever read, you're not getting the full breadth of like sexual experience. And sometimes it's nice to be reminded of like, um, you know, different types of of love and sexual expression, and uh, also nice to see that sex doesn't always have to be uh, a female character being dominated by a male character and sometimes it's nice just to see like realistic consent expressed on the page um so you know here here's the thing at the end of the day for a lot of people sex is a very real part of their existence and so just like you know eating or hanging out with friends it's why wouldn't it's part of your story Oh, I really liked that. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. No, I'm being an adult over here, I swear. (laughs) I just, you just, I don't know. You were just comparing eating and hanging out with friends to sex, and I. mm -mm -mm. You could be hanging out with friends and doing a different kind of eating. (laughs) Is that where you were going? Is that what you were thinking? It totally was. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if we can't do um, it in this episode we can't do it at all so you gotta right. just run with it this is the perfect episode in which innuendo is just being fl- flung around <laughs> <laughs> oh and can i just i just want to jump in about the whole explicit consent thing so one of the books i wrote the character is kind of a jaded curmudgeonly type guy um and he's like kind of a dick sort of he just like he has his reasons he's had things happen and you know the whole plot is breaking down that and having him open up but one of the kind of interesting sexual quirks he has is that he really likes to make the girl beg like he loves to hear her like really really want it and she kind of discovers she's like is that like your sexual kink explicit consent like is that your thing and she like finds it amazing and hilarious that this kind of curmudgeonly guy just really really wants to hear how much she wants it oh my god i've never thought of that as like explicit consent oh my god that's the best phrasing (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm so in love with that phrasing that's amazing yes like tell me how much you want it because i need to hear this because that's hot for me no, that's literally, and I've never, like, obviously that's a kink, that's a thing, especially, like, I see it all the time in, like, erotica and stuff, but it's never occurred to me that that's literally what it is. It's literally fucking, ex- like, explicitly stating how consenting this situation is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like it in that way. I thought it was important. It was important to that character because um, he, he does seem a little... Well, not a little. He's, like, very sexually promiscuous. and He just, like, he's like, yeah, like, I want you, so let's bang. And I didn't want it to feel like he's using her, you know? I wanted it to feel like he wants her to want it. So, yeah. Yeah. Fun. I need to know who this is, and now I need to read this book. In multiple (laughs) ways. It's um, Hard Rock Tease, and uh, the main character is Noah Hart. If you want to, awesome. oh no, thanks, Athena. It is a very straight book, though, so I don't know if it's it's fine. Be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I can still do straight stories. I just haven't for a while, just because it's like you know, it, it. Once I figured out that there was actually like queer fiction out there, I was like, yes, that's what I want. But just because I don't necessarily like get turned on by it, doesn't mean that I won't enjoy the story. 
I read things for the characters mostly. If I can fall in love with the character, I don't fucking care. So there you go. That's all I ever want. <laughs> yes. to the resources page. Aww. Because we don't necessarily um, link up our own stuff. So. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, so, I kind of want to go back a little bit to the whole idea of skipping sex scenes. Um, because, Maggie, you had asked, oh, well, do you skip sex scenes when you're reading or when you're writing? And I said a little of both. Because I have this love-hate relationship with smut where... It, it's the hardest part to write, for me at least. It's so difficult because not only does it have to be really meaningful, but there's a lot of just like body parts everywhere. Yeah, it's very technical. <laughs> how, do you keep, how do you keep track of what's where and who's doing what? And, it's, it's, mm. and especially because I, two of my books are menage, and I was like, oh, there's another oh, like, more, oh, God. more body parts I have to take care of. And I was like, ah. so I used what I used to do. <laughs> Because <laughs> because I'm lazy, I used to put off the sex scenes until the end, and I'd go back and fill them in. Because not everybody writes in order. I do mostly write linear linearly. That that word, um, <laughs> <laughs> that word. Um, but I used to skip the sex scenes and go back and add them in the end. But then I realized the things that I'm writing in those sex scenes completely change the rest of the book, and I'd have to go and rewrite it all. Um, I can't really. I'm trying to think of a specific example, but. Um, I'll write one, um, I'll write a scene where the character says, I love you for the first time. And then I'll go back and I'll fill in the sex scene. And my brain says, this is the best part for her to say, I love you. She shouldn't say it in chapter, you know, 26. She should say it in chapter 16. But then I have to go and rewrite everything because of that one, I that one idea. So I had to stop doing that because because the sex scenes are so important, because the smut does change things, it's not a good idea to do it last. So even though I used to skip, I no longer do, which just brings us back to the idea of that smut has to be important to the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if that if you can't go back and fill it in later, then maybe that's your litmus test of, like, clearly this was important, no matter how often they're banging. <laughs> Yes, I kind of. Okay. Want... I was like, "There's a lot of silence." Did I lose everybody? No, you didn't. Don't worry. I, I, I was having another thought at the same time as you were saying that, um, and I kind of want to. And obviously, Athena, this is your sh- like show, so let me know if this is something that you want to save for later or whatever. But I kind of want to dive into specifically like discussing erotica a little bit, like just pure fucking erotica, and like I don't know because I feel like I have written smut before. I've written primarily straight smut well i've written lots of smut i wrote lots of yeah. pure erotica before i started writing romance you should have seen okay. her in high school <laughs> <laughs> well i've done it's all been like hetero um romances like characters themselves were queer but like in hetero romances at the time and so i've written a lot of that and i just one of those things where like i don't i don't even know what i really want to discuss i guess i kind of lost my my thought somewhere along the process but like What's what primarily is different about what you write, Athena, versus like pure erotica? I feel like pure erotica is more the entire plot and characterization happens because of the sex. The sex is the plot and the sex is the characterization. 
Have, have the you ever read the story? Um, Beauty's Awakening. Oh, the um, Anne Rice. Pen I was name. literally just thinking about those, and I'm sorry, I did read them, and I hated them because I felt the sex was terrible. There were things that just really put me off, and I was yeah. not like. Does anybody remember the fly in the honey? No. Yes. Yes. I so do. I couldn't. I think I put it down at that point because I was like, I just can't right now. I I never read them in like in immediate succession. I read one and was like, oh, okay, this was the book, and then put it down, and then like. I, like two years later came back and was like oh yeah I never finished the rest of that series I'll pick that one up and like that's kind of what I did is I read I think there's three of them right yeah, yeah. I think three so I, yeah and I ended up reading all three of them like over the course of a few years and none of them I don't know they never really did anything for me they were so short that I was like okay yeah I can binge this in a you know a few hours um but yeah, they just never they never did a thing and I never understand why they're really considered like erotic erotica slash like BDSM like it doesn't make sense to me because I feel like it's very much the tip of the iceberg almost I think but I think what you're missing is that it it's erotica because all it is is sex think about it there's never a chapter and it's not just and then they had sex like it's sex in in everything it's the it's like how she's exposed it's the way people (laughs) experience her it's it is the story if you took all the sex out of that story it would just there's no story there's there's no story (laughs) and maybe that's the difference between just your 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 romance or your any book with smut in it but let's just say romance for this this purpose you can write a romance and never have them have sex and fade to black it, you know, your reader might be pissed mm-hmm. off, but you can you can do it. And it, Amish it romance is a huge, huge genre. There you go. <laughs> what Amish romance? Nothing ever happens, and yeah. it's great. Oh my god, it's great because all that sexual tension is just like ramped up and so heightened. Where like oh. the the touch of a finger or like just like a gaze is like so full of like tension. Yeah, oh it's pretty Damn. sexy. Sexy without oh needing god. sex, right? Whereas erotica, if you take, if you were to just strip all the sex uh, out of it, there's nothing there. There's... You're going to strip it down. Yeah. <laughs> but see, what, but that's, and so that's where like, if, if you're trying to find like, what is the distinction and how do I, so like, cause I, I bring up Beauty's Awakening because Awakening, I feel like that's one that most people are familiar with. No, it's a good example. And, yeah. and not, and certainly not because it's good, but because of that, they really, I find it does a good job of identifying like if you took the sex out there's no story period end of story and that's that's erotica it's sex for sex sake okay. and there's like maybe some plot. <laughs> but it doesn't have to necessarily but it's almost like it's it's porn it's porn but right it's not porn in the way that like you know doesn't necessarily have to be that mainstream oh the plumber showed up and i just happened to be in a really skimpy bathrobe and suddenly we're banging like it's not that per se but it can be but at the end of the day okay. it's porn <laughs> okay that, i feel like that that generally answers my question i think like i can't remember where my original tangent was going but i feel like that that is the perfect explanation for what i ended up asking so oh yay beautiful thank you you're welcome <laughs> And also, I have to laugh at the fact that you brought up the fly and honey. Oh, 
because I feel like anything I've ever seen written or taught discussed about that series that comes up every single time it's it like, was just so it's, not it, sexy it scarred so everybody yes <laughs> <laughs> it makes you wonder what she was thinking when she wrote it like legitimately hmm didn't it did that happen right before or right after her husband passed I don't know. I'm actually, yeah, I don't know either. I'm just. Hmm. I don't know. Like, it's one of those. I I knew at one point, but I am too lazy to open up the wiki right now. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't know. I find that to be so interesting, too. Her little deviance into, like, erotica and BDism. Like, it's just one of the most interesting things about her. Because. I do feel like all of, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent now, but I also feel like it's, it's an interesting thing to discuss because I feel like a lot of authors, all other authors also do this. Wow. That was really hard to say. (laughs) Um, It was like, she had this random dalliance in erotica, which just almost baffles me because I feel like there are so many implicit sexual undertones in her vampire stories. Like, Especially just use, using the most typical, like, characters, like Lestat and uh, Louis. Like, they have such a, te- like, a tense, sensual relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, they really do. And so I just th- think it's so interesting that her other books don't explore this as much when obviously she, you, you can tell she had this need to write it. So why did she not in her other stuff when it was, it so easily could have pushed that boundary just a little bit further. Well, and maybe that comes back to like author's choice too. Right. Yeah. Like some people just, they, they just want to leave it up to the imagination. Maybe they find the, the tension to be sexier than the actual act. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I do love the, we cut, there's a word for it, right? It's us. UST unresolved sexual tension. It's the Mulder and Scully effect. It's the the oh, castle effect. Oh no! You know that's it's, all I've ever wanted and everything. It's, Bless it's you for whole... knowing these things. I've never heard of this. This is why we have a romance author here. <laughs> that's why we're doing the smut episode. That's why I'm hosting it. Exactly. Thank you, Athena, for all of your knowledge. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, and I mean just to bring it back to kind of. Um, Smut just being, you know, erotica just being, you know, sex for sex sake, or at least sex is the plot and the plot is sex. And then there's the way you can have sex further the plot while not necessarily it being about the sex. Um, <laughs> and um, like, I sort of have an example with another one of my books. So just kind of like the Noah character, you know, where something that's really sexy on the surface ends up having a deeper meaning I have another character where he loves to hear her say his name in bed, which you think, oh, sexy. Oh, say my name. Right. But he's a twin and he's in a rock band. And so all the fangirls and all the groupies, they just want to have threesomes with the twins. Nobody really cares about Ian. They just care about the twins. Damon. You're hitting all of my notes right now. I'm going to buy all of your books. God damn it, Athena. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. So, and the, the plot Fine. is the girl is the one person who can tell them apart. She knows that Ian is Ian and Damon is Damon. They're not the twins. And so when she says his name in bed, 
like for him that's not just sexy that's like meaningful and like emotional like he wants to hear that she wants him and not just one of the twins and she doesn't care which one you know so i think that's mm-hmm. the difference between erotica sex and romance sex is that there's a reason and a meaning behind the sexy stuff and i love that which one okay which one that was ian right that was hard rock fling fling okay sorry I'm struggling. Are you i may or have already bought noah's book already ah no, I'm like no warning, warning. Noah is like a complete dick. But the, the problem, no. the problem oh, is hun- everyone says, everyone says like, oh God, he's such a dick. And I'm like, but that's the point. He's such a curmudgeon that you no. want to know why. Like, why is he like this? And how can she break him down? And by the end, you're yeah. like, oh, my poor. That's baby. literally like my thing, though. Yay! Um, if anybody, like, if if you don't know this about me. Um, my automatic character, like the ones that I love always are either the ones that die, Aww. <laughs> um, always, um, the asshole with the heart of gold Aww. always, or just the massive fucking dick. I like, <laughs> every time, every time those are my babies and I will gravitate t- towards them. And the, as soon as you described Noah, you didn't even need to get to the point of what his kink was. I was like, that's it. That's, uh, that's him. That's my boo. Although, you so, know what? Yeah. It really depends on what you're used to. Because if you're used to reading kind of like, you know, more contemporary romances where the guy is, you know, like a firefighter or like a detective or something, you know, the, oh, good, the good guys, you might think, yeah. oh, God, Noah's an asshole. But I have a friend who reads historical romance with like rakes and pirates. And she's like, oh, my God, like he's not a dick at all he didn't even drug her and rape her and trick her into marriage and i'm like oh, Jesus fucking Christ. oh yeah oh. no what like that no, so like you. okay maybe it's worth bringing up and maybe it's worth talking about in this episode the fact that um ah, and i don't know how to do this in a way that's gonna like not potentially offend anybody like when we're talking about this this topic it's we're we're treading on thin ice in some respects but also um so i don't want to like kink shame anyone here but there's there's definitely a lot of problematic content when we're talking about romance yes. romance and smut and erotica but and what do is you the know fine what? line <laughs> i can explain why that rapey historical romance is a thing and why it's actually sort of like important and powerful um so i'm intrigued yes Go on. because these historical romances mostly were written back in like the 60s 70s there's still historical romances being written now but they're much less problematic the ones that are problematic were written 20 30 40 years ago when women weren't allowed to have sexuality women weren't allowed to be a sexual you know being um, they were supposed to be the good girl. Good girls don't say yes. Girl, good, good girls say no. I mean, you, you know that, that, that um, Christmas song, uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside, and it's all about her saying, oh, I shouldn't stay, and him saying, oh, you should stay. That song and those rapey pirate historical romances are all about the same thing. The girl not being allowed to say yes, because that makes her the bad girl. She has to be forced into saying Yes, she has to have the choice taken away from her. If she wants to experience sex and if she wants to experience any kind of sensuality or have a sex life, she isn't allowed to consent. It must, the choice must be taken away from her. Otherwise, she's bad. 
I just read the best like Twitter thread about exactly that with related to that baby. It's cold outside. And that's what they were saying. Yes. They're saying it's not intended to be rapey. It's intended to be like the only way that this couple can have their thing is if she protests. Yes. It's like, it was so exact, fascinating. It's not, it's, it's rapey, but only in the way that it demonstrates what rape culture does. Rape culture takes away a woman's ability to say yes. You know, Ooh, I like that. If you, I, yeah, if I was you, uncomfortable if, with that until that exact moment. If you <laughs> can't say, if you can't say yes, then how are you? Spe- if a woman can't say yes, how can their no be understood properly? You know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what that historical romance angle is, where the choice has to be taken away from her if she wants to experience sexuality. Whoa. So, yes, Whoa. mind blown. Athena mm-hmm. Wright, also a women's studies major? Or yes. Was it minor? Yeah. Um, double major, anthropology and women's studies. There you go. Yes. Your girl's Amazing. got you. I love, it. I love it. Yep. So there's where that comes from. So Beautiful. bring it back, feel- to ra- back around to where some <laughs> characters are dicks compared to others and some are not. I feel like, I feel like we're <laughs> in this master class right now because like, Ray, Bree, and I are so quiet, and I feel like we're, like, really <laughs> listening and taking notes as you're talking. I'm like, I'm learning so much. <laughs> I told you, I was legitimately going to ask questions in this one, because this is one of those things that I, like, I thought I knew about, and then I fucking didn't at all. <laughs> I, I've been schooled this entire episode. No, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's where, great. Where, um, yeah, shit. I love that. Where are you going to take us next, Athena? Um, What's next? (laughs) What's next? Teach us more. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not really sure what I can teach for this. Um, I don't really want this to just be me pontificating. um, But I kind of want to talk about the experience personally as a writer of writing the smut. Oh, God. This was my idea because... Yes. How does it make you feel? And, like, how do you personally, like, write those scenes? And, yeah, so... You should talk about that. Yes, I can jump in on this one. Yay. Um, So for those of you who don't know, I'm asexual and I've been, it's been a weird journey. And like just saying it out loud is actually really fucking weird. When was the last time I said it out loud? I don't know. I'm proud Uh, of you. Hi, let's have a fun moment. Um, Yeah. So writing smut for me is like, hmm, it's weird. (laughs) um so the first time I wrote a fade to black sex scene in my young adult novel series which is what I started writing first um I was like so fucking nervous when I posted it on Wattpad I was so fucking nervous I was like oh my god what am I doing like the whole time I was writing it I was like giggling to myself and like oh my god (laughs) um and looking back on it now it was like you know, it was young adult and fade to black. And I was just like, oh, that was cute and fun. Um, <laughs> because then off pitch happened. Because then off pitch happened. Uh, and the first sex scene uh, that I wrote in that, which was, um, I can't say anything without spoilers. But yeah, so the first explicit sex scene that I wrote in off pitch was like the same feeling of, holy fuck, what am I doing? And at the time, I was also posting that on Wattpad. Um, and I think Maggie, I know you were there. I'm pretty sure you were there for it when I was go when I was that was happening. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you were there for that, but I was. Uh, 
like giggling oh, to myself the whole time I was writing it. And then for like two days after I posted it, I was just like giggling to myself. And every time someone said words to me, I was like blushing. It didn't even matter if they were just like, like I'd be at work and someone would ask me a question and I would just be blushing because I was like freaking out about my sex scene for two days. And that was just like the only thing on my mind. So, um, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was I just remember even writing, I like, I didn't write any let me think. No, I'd never written anything explicit until I wrote The Star in the Ocean. And I remember even the first thing oh, I was wow. writing wasn't explicit. It was just like that makeout scene, the almost scene on the beach slash in the house. And I was blushing so hard. I like, <laughs> my face was so red. I felt like I was writing it between, like looking between my fingers, like some sort of fucking yeah. child. Yeah. And I can't, and it was so, I was like, why am I so embarrassed about that? And it wasn't even embarrassed. It was just like, oh my God, I felt like a child. It was so weird. And then each progressive scene just got weirder and weirder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it got more and more intense. And then, uh, yeah. And then I remember like, because Athena proofs everything I write. <laughs> I remember sending it to her and being like, oh my God. and I, And sending it. To someone like Athena who writes a lot of sex scenes, I remember being like, one, I'm super embarrassed for my friend to read this. And two, I'm just super, I I feel like, you know, it's like, I'm trying to find a good analogy and I'm failing here, but like, she, I was like, if this is bad, no one's going to know more than her. so embarrassing if it's terrible and she's uh, like oh yeah I don't know what you're getting so worked up about this is tame and I'm like it didn't feel tame so cute <laughs> and yeah. now, but I do find that the more I write it the more the, the less it feels like I'm doing something kind of like taboo yeah. and the yeah. more I feel like uh it doesn't become and I mean it'd be really interesting to how hear how you feel Athena because you've written so much of it but like now I write I tend to write like I'll get these moods where I'm like oh I just want MMA to be having sex right now so I'll write it's like the one shots that I was doing originally for my mailing list and now they're uh for Patreon um where it's just like to get it out of my system and now it's just sort of like I have this burning desire and I'm like I got it I gotta spill it all out onto a page and then I feel better it kind of turns to into like a drug where you just, for me, it just got to the point. And part of the reason I wrote so many sex scenes and off pitch was just because I was having so much fun, like teasing readers, <laughs> which is kind of fucked up, but um, it was just super fun. So then I like after maybe two sex scenes and off pitch, then I was just having fun with it and like, Ooh, what can I do with this one? And how can I make this different from the other one? And, um, yeah, so then it just kind of became a fun game for me. Uh, so you kind of do, you get used to it. And then, like, what Athena was saying earlier about just how technical it is to try to keep track of where people are and what they're doing and who they're doing. And um, and that doesn't sound the same every single time? Yeah. Like yeah. Not, like, it's... writing the same part with the same descriptor that they, they like, oh, they had sex this exact same way the last time I wrote them having sex. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm having difficulty with that after I don't want to count how many books, but quite a few books. <laughs> um, there's, like, how do you keep it fresh? And how do you make it not just the same old, same old? And for make me, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I started <laughs> off 
pretty kinky. And then I've actually gotten tamer and tamer as I went along, um, which is probably the opposite of most people. I've had readers say, oh, it's not as dirty as the last ones. And I'm like, oh, I didn't really do that on purpose. But I think because I want it to be different each time, I put more of the characters and the plot and the dialogue in it. So instead of just describing physically what's happening i'm putting more internal dialogue like and more internal monologue and more of them speaking to each other and more thoughts and feelings and more more character and plot stuff so that stuff happens in between the bits smashing together and that's what makes it different and that's what makes it different because you could have two you could have two sex scenes where they do the exact same things in the exact same order but the things the, the, the plot and the dialogue and the monologues that are happening in between those physicality scenes makes it different. And you could even like do that to offset, like look at how they're having sex and look at how they've grown from this scene to this scene, which are exactly the same. But now this is how it happened. This is how they experience it in this first scene and look how they've grown in the second scene. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel awkward talking about it on my end because it's just like I haven't done it in so long just because that's not what I've been writing but I used to do it literally fucking constantly like um, I was writing smut shit when I was like 18, 19 and like that was like my big like time because um I had a story with a friend who we would write our OC, like, we had our OCs, and they were in a ship together, and so we would just write, like, fucking AUs when we got bored or when we got stuck, and then half of them would devolve into sexual drivel, (laughs) and, like, it's so weird to think about it, because, like, that was, for some reason, like, it wasn't my favorite thing to write or anything, but I always felt like I was strangely good at it, which was really weird for me, and so... It was, like, the stuff that came really, really easily to write up mm. innuendos all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> now I really want to read your sex scenes. Cough them up. The thing, the thing, I have them still, and I yes. would cough them up very easily, but I also, like, they're just, they're just hetero shit, like, and that's not something that I'm interested in anymore, and I don't think yeah. anybody else, I, I know, I don't know if you guys would actually be interested in reading that, so I don't, plus I'd have to re- rework it a little bit, because they're characters that, like, and these sex scenes just jump basically straight to the sex. Like, <laughs> there's, like, a little bit of build-up, but, like, also, it's not a lot of, like, character development, etc. because, like, we were writing this as though we were already, do- like, using these characters. And we were using, we were using the AUs to, like, develop the characters a little bit more so they could get to a point where we wanted them to be for the story and so we could get an idea of, like, what, where things would have to go in this situation to do that, that sort of stuff. And so, like... Yeah, one day maybe I'll show it to you, but I don't know if you'd actually be interested in it just because of, like, the sheer content. But I don't know. I really miss it, honestly. Like, I feel like that's some of the – has always been some of the easiest stuff to write for me. Um, really? I'm not really sure why. Yeah. For me, it's so hard. I don't It just – it's one of those things where if I'm in the mood, I can, like, knock out a 2,000-word sex scene easily. Yes. And I think it – like, probably it's the the thing that makes it – easier possibly might be the context of writing it in a novel as opposed to writing it just as like a one shot or something yeah maybe that's it where you already have something built up or you don't need to build something up yeah yeah maybe 
and you don't have to try to tie like you don't have to try to tie character development and plot into the sex scene all this meaning like, it has to be so yeah. meaningful yeah like you can just you can still do that in a short story but it like since that's the whole short story then bam there it is yeah, yeah. i've definitely found the one shots easier to write <laughs> Actually, I do. I do have. Um, I guess that's true because for each of my books, I write an alternate point of view bonus scene from the guy's point of view, and I can usually those scenes. Actually, maybe not usually, but at least one of them that I can think of has a sex scene, and that was easily <laughs> banged out in two hours. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Because I already knew the characters. The book was done by then. I knew the characters. I knew the plot. I knew what had to happen in that scene. And it just flew out of my fingers quite easily. It, I, it wasn't difficult at all. Yeah. Is there anything... Um, I think it's interesting just because, I, you know, Ray, you're talking about being a teenager and writing a lot of this stuff. And um, having known Athena most of our lives, I know that... <laughs> I remember what it was like when we were teenagers and that like, this is not a new phenomenon. I, I feel like yeah. teenage writers have been finding opportunities to write about sex forever. And it, and it's funny to hear like now that we're growing up and the internet has connected us the way that it has to find out how many writers used to do that. And, <laughs> um, and, and then there's also the fan fiction element too. Oh my, and yes. I'm so fascinated about the connection of content, not just writing that we're seeing now, but like creative content that's out there that was born by people who used to write fan fiction and used to consume fan fiction and kind of the place it has in where we all got our starts because there's so much of it out there and so many of us were part of that and like that swell that happened in the 2000s I would say like the the 90s and 2000s when the internet made it so much more accessible and and easy to share I think from the age of like 14 to 20 I only exclusively read fan fiction (laughs) maybe not exclusively but like you know, if I was going to read something, I would usually go online first to find if there was some sort of, you know, thing in that, that, that subject or topic or genre or niche or pairing. I would look for it online and then find it. <laughs> yeah. And it's still so prolific and it's still, and, and I mean, sex has such a huge part. And I think maybe this is like bringing the conversation full circle. And that first question of, is it necessary and how necessary is it? And there can be a lot of arguments against it, but I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that, you know, people make jokes about people who write fan fiction and that they're, they're horny and they're perverted because it always ends up devolving in sex and blah, blah, blah. And like, but maybe that's just a case of like, I don't think it's a maybe. I think it's safe to say that it's filling, (laughs) oh God, (laughs) more innuendo for you, but it's filling a void. Um, because they're looking at the source content and going, I love everything about it, except it's missing something that I need as, as a consumer and as someone who enjoys this. And sometimes it's because the source material isn't intended to be sexual because it's like show for children. (laughs) Um, and other times it's just a case of like, maybe it happens, but it's not, you know, it's a, it's not happening for the characters you want it to happen for, but like there's that, that it's there. People want, 
people want it. Otherwise they wouldn't be writing it and they wouldn't be reading it. So I, anytime I hear people saying it's not necessary, I'm like, I just disagree. I, I just disagree because I mean, maybe not everyone wants to read it. And I, well, I shouldn't say maybe not everyone wants to read it, but there are a lot of people who do. And there are mm-hmm. a lot of people for whom it's very important. So that's, that's it. That was my point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sex. Yay. Like we're doing really good on timing, guys. Yeah, I think we've pretty much reached the, uh, yeah, the hour mark. And can we, we do have... our favorite sex scenes. Is that a thing we can do? So, is it favorite sex yeah. scenes that can we do we've that? read or that we've written? Either. Okay. So yeah, let's do that. Awesome. So you Who's going first? Yeah, you really you really want to do it? So I do. Ha. Okay. Um. God, it feels weird to like keep talking about sex now that I told everybody I'm asexual. If you want to, um, no, yeah. Uh, so if you want more explanation about that, you can go to my blog and read. I wrote a couple of um, blog articles about asexuality and like reading and writing as an asexual person. From my own experience, awesome. please be mindful that I'm not speaking for everybody because um, asexuality is such a huge and uh, a romantic it's just a huge spectrum so keep in mind it's just my experience not speaking for everybody but um yes so that in mind my favorite (laughs) sex scene um is in heather mcveigh's waking forever series it's actually the third ish book it's the second main book but the third there's a novella in between the first and the third uh so becoming forever (laughs) uh was my favorite book in the series and also my favorite sex scene ever um without giving too much away there's a shower scene which sounds like exciting and kinky but it was actually like the most emotional sex scene that i've ever read um it was just such a tender moment between the two characters um that i think that was what really grabbed me about it was just it was so raw and emotional and it was a sex scene there's a lot there's a lot of sex in her books there's lots of sex it's great sex um (laughs) but it was yeah it was just such a like raw moment between the characters that it just really grabbed me so there's my yeah favorite sex scene awesome i'm gonna um i'm just gonna say if you guys want to go into the resources page afterwards and add your the book that your your scenes are coming from, because yeah. I was I was typing a different thing. I was putting your um your essay up on the resources page, oh. and I missed all of that. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it up to everyone individually to go in and and do that or something. <laughs> but I'm telling the listener that you'll be able to find all of this on our uh, resources page. Sorry, awesome. done interrupting this time. Sure. Oh, we finally got it. God damn it, <laughs> Who's going so, next? Yeah. Um, not me. Not me. No? I'll, I'll go after whoever is going next. I'm looking for the exact moment in the book. Sorry. Okay. So I'm going to be a narcissist and talk about my own book because I'm going to go back to the Ian and Hope um, scene because whenever I think back to my books, that's the one that kind of like makes me kind of swoon and kind of go, ah. Um, mm-hmm. because it's, I'm like, I'm, I pulled it up and I'm kind of reading it now and 
it's kind of dirty, you know, like, mm, it's like nice and dirty and mm, explicit and stuff. But then everything they're saying out loud, like the dialogue is so sweet. And even when it's dirty talk, it's still him wanting that, you know, like, tell me you want me, tell me you want this. And her answer is, I want you, Ian, only you. Because again, the the, po- the point of it is that people only want the twins and he finally finds someone who wants Ian. And so, yeah, you know, he's putting body parts in places and she's touching things here and there. But the point of the scene is that she's, ex- she's expressing to him how important he is to her and he's expressing how much he needs that, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's that's my favorite scene I think that I've ever written. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Aww. what it makes me feel. I feel like oh, yeah, I liked Aww. that one. I liked that one for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> my favorite. So Aww. oh, I love it. I'm excited to read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll pick up then. Um, so I actually have two that I wanted to recommend. One is fucking typical. You're all prepared for it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, hey, Michelle Osgood has a really great book about gay werewolves. <laughs> it has some really good sex scenes in it. Um, the very first one in her first book, To Better to Kiss You With, is, like, probably one of my favorite sex scenes I've, like, ever read. I just really love the way that she does sex scenes. I don't know what it is. They're just, I don't know. I just, maybe it's the characters. They're just so good. And it was, like, exactly what I needed. And it's a it's a le- uh, woman-loving woman story. I don't know if they both identify as lesbians off the top of my head, actually. But um, it's just so great. Jamie and uh, Deanna just, like, have the best chemistry. And, like, Jamie is so soft and quiet and yet, like, so powerful. And then, like, Deanna's, like, bubbly and, like, energetic and then at the same exact moment can manage to like turn so sultry and sensual. And it's so great to see, like to see them together. And I just love it. Um, Deanna is a um, like described as chubby and like kind of like smaller and like, I don't know, like just sturdier as a person. Whereas Jamie is very tall and muscular and like, you know, lethe and lean. So it's, it's one of those things where it was always really nice to be able to see yourself in the sex scene. Um, so yeah, I love that one. I've mentioned it before. I'm just, I'm never going to stop talking about it. I'm only kind of sorry. Uh, no, not at all. Um, and then I do have one that is not actually Michelle Osgood for once. So be proud of me here. Um, it's a short story written by K.M. Sparza, who um, published this in the Uncanny and um, like magazine anthology. Um the I believe it was issue 16 yeah so it's issue 16 and I believe that the entire um like issue had all trans or at the very least queer authors I'm not 100% positive um but it is a story that is called uh let me find it again okay computer why are you doing this it's called small changes over long periods of time and it is about a trans guy who um, is transitioning or has already transitioned who gets bitten by a vampire. <laughs> and um, in this world, like vampire people are aware of vampires. They like are part of the society. 
Um, but there are very strict rules about who can turn into one, um, who can like, who they can bite, etc. Um, and if you are trans, you cannot proceed with um, like actually like being a vampire because of just the certain ways that the science works and they don't know about it yet. Um, and so this trans guy ends up getting bitten by, by a vampire and getting turned into a vampire in the first like five paragraphs. And it is one of the most emotional, beautiful short stories ever. And the sex scenes in it just amazed me. I loved this short story. So I highly recommend it. You can read it for free on the Uncanny Magazine website, uncannymagazine.com. Um, and then just search for the name, Small Changes Over Long Periods of Time. It is amazing. You will not be sorry that you read it. So mm. that's it. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Vampires. Aww. Vampires and werewolves. It's my brand. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you say apparently. I No, this has been my brand since I was like 14. So <laughs> I'm not moving anytime soon. I guess vampires, vampires, werewolves, vampires and witches have the best sex. Because Heather <laughs> McVeigh's series is also vampires. And I'm a little bit of werewolves and shifters. No, I'm going to just throw it out there and say it's very obviously werewolves. But besides that, it's fine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. We can debate this later. You guys can duke <laughs> it out offline. Exactly. We'll, we'll hit up the DMs. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, ladies, take it to the DMs, please. <laughs> exactly. Maggie, you're going to be in on it, too. You know this, right? Mm. You have to be the moderator. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, unpopular opinion, uh, vampires and werewolves don't do it for me. Uh, they do nothing for me, actually. I always say they don't, and then they do, so mm. uh, I don't know. I can't even lie to myself, so. Yeah. Um, well, so, my, in that vein, I'll, I'll make mine quick. My favorite sex scene is actually just any time there's a sex scene. Ah, I shouldn't say that actually. The very first, <laughs> the very first one I was like, okay, that happened. It was, it was neither good nor bad. It just was a thing that happened. But Sarah McCary's About a Girl is the third, uh, and final installment in a trilogy that she's written, um, but I read it before I realized it was the final <laughs> installment because it doesn't do a very good job of, uh, of, of saying so. Um, so it was a there were parts of it that were confusing, obviously, but it's, it's different because it follows uh, a different character from the first two books. So you can kind of read it as standalone, but the entire trilogy is very, um, uh, if you, if you uh, grew up reading like I did and I'm thinking potentially, Athena might have read them as well. The um, Francesca Leah Block's Wheezy Bat books. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely has the that I don't vibe. Think that's them. familiar. No, who was it? Somebody I, I was Ooh. somebody I went to school with. We we read them together. Um, but anyway, this final book um, is full of queer characters, which is a bonus. But um, our main character ends up in a, a very sexual relationship, and it's that kind of whirlwind just for the summer type thing. Um, but every time there is sex on the page, it's like poetry. It's so beautiful and just so like, it's, it's not fade to black, but at the same time, it feels like you are looking at a picture. It feels like you're like experiencing art and it's just, so delightful because it it like it turns you on but at the same time you don't it's not it's not 
dirty. It's not in your face or anything like that. It's just so beautifully written. And there's a few scenes kind of littered throughout. And I just kind of love the, like, the, the, the lust drunk way that these characters will fall into each other where they're just like, it, that's just, it's just like, it's their whole relationship plus the scenes. I just thought were so beautiful. And it was, they've definitely down my favorite. There you go. Like it's warm fuzzies. Yeah. Try. <laughs> Listen to us. We're like, aw, <laughs> smut. Swoon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the key. If you can read a smut scene and make it have you go, <sighs> then the author has done their job. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Aw. You guys, we are over our hour by a little bit, and I think we've kind of covered all the topics we wanted to talk about. Woohoo! Go team! Yay! Well done! Woo! Unless, unless anybody has any last-minute thoughts or comments. Negative. No, we're good. Ah. Yeah, I'm good. All right, then. Um, so we can wrap this up. Um, I want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to us rant and rave about the most important topic ever, smut. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you have feedback or questions or if you have topics for discussion, you can contact us in a few different ways. We are on Twitter um, at the WIP pod. You can also send us an email, talk to WIP at gmail.com, and we'll try to answer as quickly as we can. We also have a website the WIP podcast.com. So please check us out. We will have uh, all of our, everything we talked about, any links or resources will be um, on that webpage. We record using anchor.fm, but we're also submitting to all the major channels like iTunes, etc. And I know people hate this, but this is a reminder to, you know, please review or rate or subscribe. Um, those things always help small podcasters um, when they're starting out. And we ask that you please be patient with, with us if there's been any inaccuracies. Um, you know, we're writers. We're more than open to constructive criticism. If something we said was problematic, by all means, reach out. Let's talk. We all want to become better people. Yay. So, yay. So, <laughs> thank you for listening. And we will be back next week. Yay. 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 Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.